Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi, I'm Craig. Dave. Yeah. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing, and Craig has a good thing, and it's this week. And Craig's going to do his good thing this week. And this week, uh, it's it, Craig. This week might be a good thing. Uh, I just took like a almost a two-week vacation from work, which is pretty nice. Uh, but I just forgot that I didn't do laundry, so that's a bad thing. My good thing this week... Uh, you forgot it? Then how did you know? I just remembered. Um, <laughs> it could be Lore Olympus, because I'm reading it again, and I like it. Although it's it uh, it deals with some very tough themes, sadly. And uh, this is Tori's fault. She got me into it, even though apparently my wife was reading it, too. I didn't know until I f- she, she caught me reading it. And she's like, hey, I read that, too. I'm like, we could have been talking about this. Could have been talking anyway, the last life. the latest episode that was officially posted last week on Sunday um, was really good. Gave, gave me a couple tears in my eye. Tori might know what I'm talking about. It was good. So it's good. You guys should read it. What should we, we uh, what should we read, Craig? Lore Olympus, not Laura Olympus or whatever the heck you put in good things. OK, I don't know what it is. That was my best guess. It took so, me a second to parse his words, but I think I arrived at Lore Olympus. Lore, as in the thing that bards are good at. Um, oh, Data's brother. Check. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Olympus, as in Mount Olympus, as in the Mount of the Greek gods, Olympus. Pegasus? And no, Pegasus, was just too. A, he, was, he was just the Mount of one god, demigod. So he's like half a... But he's also only half horse, so there you go. Uh, so Dave's good thing this week is half horses. Half of one horse, top half, bottom half, front, back. Are we are we bisecting down the middle? So we've got left, right. Like which half, Dave? Oh my gosh, you guys! There are so many different types of centaurs. Because um, I was in like a work conference and we were trying to like the presenter was setting up the equipment and it was going poorly and there were technical difficulties. So she's just standing there waiting to talk about her stuff and can't. And she was like, so. Um, What's your favorite type of centaur? Everybody in the room. And we were all like, there's what? And so we're getting on our phones like, huh, there's a lot of different types of centaurs. Look it up sometime. Cool. Uh, I like the griffin variant that's a pigeon and a raccoon that will fight and kill God for half a bagel. <laughs> I like that part, too. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's your what's your centaur this week, Dave? Huh? You just ask me normal for one. Because I don't want to. <sighs> it's more fun for me this week. All right, well, Dave's good thing is apparently being irritated at me for not asking him normally, so I'm going to go ahead with mine. Mine, I want Craig to be here for mine, because it's pretty cool. Okay, Uh, then my good thing this week is uh, the creators of Dragon Ball Z Abridged uh, have been doing commentary on their Dragon Ball Z Abridged episodes, and it's on the YouTube channel 4star Bento, F-O-U-R-S-T-A-R-B-E-N-T-O, and I've been listening to those or watching those and having a blast, and it's great. And yeah, a lot of the early stuff is them going like, "Oh yeah, if we remade this now, we wouldn't make that joke because uh, time because has 2023." <laughs> yeah, time has moved on, and we have grown as writers, and it 
was tw- it was 2008 then and we're better people now we wouldn't have used that word choice we wouldn't have used we wouldn't have written the joke this way we wouldn't have done very up-to-date reference humor at the time because that ages like milk oh so it's cheesy um anyway yeah i've been i've been watching those and those have been just delightful at the moment i'm up to lord slug uh which did they was... also do the attack on site in abridged they did or is that a different okay because i never got into dragon ball z but i did very enjoy season one of attack on titan and i like abridged did they did i only think they did a couple of episodes of it and they kept getting taken down so they just stopped bothering but yeah mm. they did they definitely did oh craig's at, back at least one <laughs> attack on titan abridged <laughs> Hey, listeners who are not watching at home, Craig is not back, but his daughter is his webcam right now. Craig is nowhere to be seen. Bye, Ada. There she goes. Go get your dad. Go, Ada, go. She is is moving around real good. She just, like, sprinted out of there. Man, this seems like a good time to explain to people how they could have the opportunity to see what just happened. Uh, So if you go to patreon.com slash cosmerecast... And then you give us money. You can join our live recordings in our Discord channel, um, and you can see us all on video. And Craig's video right now is just his empty office, but a minute ago it was his empty office with his extremely energetic toddler daughter in it. You can also see my cool shirt, which you isn't as cool see. as Ada. Uh, is that a... All right, so my good thing is more for Tori than it is for Craig anyway, so I'll go ahead. My good thing is going to make... It's going to date me, but it's fine because it's such a really awesome good thing i found some old audio cassette tapes that i had made as a kid and i i'm so sad i did not find i did not find like the gold mine of stuff that i actually talked on and recorded myself which was like what i was really hoping for but uh i found some old mixtapes from the alternative radio station that i listened to when i was a kid uh or no, I didn't. That's also what I didn't find. I I didn't find all I found was stuff that I ripped off of CDs, which I don't. I guess I burn. I guess you could say I burned a mixtape. I don't know. But anyway, um, it was just it was interesting at least going back and being like, oh, this is what I enjoyed when I was like twelve or sixteen or whenever I made them. Uh, and I, I will. If you find some old audio cassette tapes, if you happen to be in your 30s or older, uh, it's it was a cool experience to go back and re-listen to some of my my old mixes. Uh, I will say, audio files beware. Uh, you really have to appreciate the novelty of it enough to overcome how just terrible quality it is. I'm like, I could listen to these songs on my favorite music platform. And since we're not talking about audiobooks right now, I won't say what it's called. Um, and I'm like, oh, this, it would actually come in clearly and even better, <laughs> even decently okay through my car stereo, which is also pretty bad, but uh, better than <laughs> audio. But anyway, it was really fun. Hopefully I can find some more. If I could find, like something I actually recorded off the radio with a DJ talking or like a commercial, that would be like super amazing. What like the absolute best thing that I hope someday to come across is something that I actually recorded on like my little play school cassette recorder when I was a kid. Like that would be so awesome. It was, it was actually really cool that I was thinking about is like, I, I'm I'm here recording a podcast. I'm doing the thing that like I pretended to do when I was eight. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, so my good thing is uh, finding old audio cassette tapes and listening to some old jams. You mean you didn't have a talk boy? I had a talk boy. I mean, is that the McAllister thing? Yeah, that's from that's, Home Alone 2. That is the thing that Home Alone 2 was a commercial for, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. I thought it was a commercial for Tim Carey and Rob Schneider. Mostly Tim Carey. It was a commercial for Clue, right? It was all getting us like hyped up for Tim Carey. Um, if you weren't already hyped up for Tim Curry, then you missed something important in your childhood. Like, <laughs> also, if you if you think Tim Curry's presence is any sort of indicator of quality, then you haven't been paying attention to all the things that Tim Curry has said yes to. <laughs> like, he got I'm pretty sure a day rate for like Command and Conquer Three to put on a fancy coat and sit in a chair and talk to, straight into a camera, uh, which <laughs> which gave us the amazing spice gif but the thing is like tim carrey doesn't make anything he doesn't necessarily make everything good but tim carrey himself is good so oh, yeah, if no, he's, he's in something there's at least something good in it even if he, the thing as a whole is not good he's excellent he has been in some garbage uh he was in <laughs> superhuman samurai cyber squad he was in um gosh just, the just some Ducks. really awful stuff he was tony in, j he was in mighty tony Ducks. j was also in the mighty ducks the cartoon Oh, oh yeah! Oh no, he did a lot of terrible voice roles. <laughs> like, if you if you turn on a '90s cartoon, you can flip a coin to figure out if Tim Curry was in it. I think he was yeah. in Animaniacs too. Like, was it, wasn't he in Animaniacs as basically his character from Home Alone Two? Like That's in one sketch. Could have been. <laughs> hey, back to Home Alone Two and Talk Boys, Play School thingies, and cassette tapes. Yay! They're old, but it could be fun. You never know. All right, it's Tori's turn now. Oh, is it? Okay, well, uh, yesterday I got to go to a very fancy concert. This was the Distant Worlds Symphony. Uh, It's the 35th anniversary of Final Fantasy, so this is like a uh, a full symphony. What third? Uh, 35th anniversary. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 35th (laughs) anniversary of Final Fantasy. Uh, First game came out in Japan in 1987, I believe, and... uh, so anyway, this was a, a full symphony concert of Final Fantasy music, and um, I had seen it once ten years ago. It was really fun, and then I saw like the 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 mini version chamber orchestra not too long ago, uh, but this was the full orchestra, and um, so yeah, that was in St. Louis, uh, which was another place I had never been before so we uh, a friend and I took a road trip and the theater was this amazing place called the Fabulous Fox um, which was like old-fashioned golden age kind of theater with like the carved banisters and the stained glass windows and and big red velvet curtains just huge and opulent and um, stunning and gorgeous and and then they played all kinds of great Final Fantasy songs uh, from all of the games. And um, yeah, it was super fun. Highly recommend if you're able to see it. Uh, the tour is about to go over to Europe, I think. I don't I don't think there are many U.S. Uh, stops left Craig, on the tour. Go but to, uh, we should go to a video game concert sometime, Greg. You really should. If you have, I've been to several they, video they game concerts. But, yep. um, I'd go... By myself, but I don't ever follow up with trying to go to events and stuff. 
Uh, did do you know if they played anything from Final Fantasy fourteen? Oh, they sure did. Or they yeah. stick to Uematsu's work. Okay. No, they they played stuff from um one to fifteen. They they hit every uh, all of the main titles. They didn't play anything from um you know tactics or um <sighs> legends tactics or whatever. Advance? Yeah, tactics uh, advance is the best one though. But musical. yeah, they they hit all all fifteen of the main titles. Um, nice. And what did they play from fourteen? Do you remember? Answers. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look that up. I routinely listen to FF14 music. Yeah. Well, on my favorite music streaming platform. Yeah, it was. Uh. Uh, they actually had, and I don't remember her name, I'm sorry, but they, they had the singer who was on the soundtrack uh, came out and did that. From Heavensward? Um, the, like, the real, like the real famous one was Heavensward, and it had like a main theme. Well, Answers yeah, the, was also very. It's the main famous. theme, which is called Answers. Uh, that was the one that they did. And is it from 1.0? I don't know. And it was Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I, I I can I can fill this in. Answers was made when they ended the the whole 1.0. It's there was like a little really? trailer that was okay. included for uh when they shut it down. And you can watch that cutscene if you were to watch the uh, a Realm Reborn, like the main trailer cutscene, that's where they play answers. It's so uh, good. Like you can look it up on YouTube. I will. It's, it's one of the best. Um, Tori, it was years ago that we went to like one of the dis- I, I don't know if it was Distant Worlds or if it was a different Final Fantasy concert, but they played Final Fantasy music. And that's where we found out about Final Fantasy fourteen because they were like, hey, there's a free trial. And then he played the music. And I'm like, wow, this music's really good. So that's what made us check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it was really good. It was a lot of fun. If you get a chance to go to it, I highly recommend. And uh, yeah, drove... All the way there. It was five and a half hours to drive over there uh, wow. yesterday. And then we drove back this morning. And uh, I'm a little tired. but um, that That's some dedication right there. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who uh, is also a fan who was willing to go with me. I was like, husband, there's a concert I want to go to. It's in St. Louis. He was like, no. And <laughs> so I was like, I know. <laughs> so I called my friend and... <laughs> My friend was like, hey, wife, there's a thing I want to go to. And she was like, no. And so he and I went together. (laughs) And that's my good thing. All right. Shall we chapters? Yes, we shall. All right. This week, let's talk about Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. And let's talk about chapters 55, no, wait, 65 through the rest of this week's chapter. Okay. Close call, Dave. You almost got it. I almost nailed it. All right. Chapter 65. Hypothesis. Figgledygrack would have been a much cooler title. In fact, chapter 65. <laughs> Figgledygrack. <laughs> All right. I want to see in the uh, in the remaster. What do they call that? Second edition. I want to see this chapter titled Figgledygrack. All right. No, Brandon. they only call it remastered. You, you got it right. <laughs> Rhythm of Storms remastered, dude. Advanced Rhythm of War. Second edition. <laughs> Oh, man. Advanced Wars of Rhythm? Remix of War. All right. Oh, yeah, because it's like music. It's a rhythm. Hey. Oh, Navani, it's 2023, and the nature of light still boggles the minds of scientists. I'm going to interject here. A parenthetical comment that I usually save till after the recap, but I feel like mentioning it right away. She's talking about different views of light and how some theorize that light is light has weight and some people say oh no light doesn't have weight you just feel the force of light weight and force are literally the same thing there's no difference no no no. dave Uh, weight is a type of force maybe you could say but dave you have it wrong 
All right. No, I mean, no, you you are correct, <laughs> but what you're quoting is wrong. My interpretation, I'm trying to find, because I think I... I it's I in uh, it's it. in the chapter titled Figgledy Greg, if that helps. Well, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's chapter 69 minus four, if you need a number. Um, from what from what I, I'm trying to find the quote, but from my understanding, they're basically trying to imply that they're not sure if if light is a physical proton, if it if it's made, uh, sorry, a uh, photon, not a proton, if it's made <laughs> up of a physical substance, a, pro, a photon, or if it operates more like a wave, or therefore you can observe. Right, its I think effects. you're reading our modern understanding of light into it. Because it, at first, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's, they're kind of like not sure if light is a particle or a wave, just like actual scientists today, or it's, it, it shows properties of both a particle and a wave, right? But that's they, just not what it says. Okay, I, can't it give, says I, I can't give Navani's research or whoever Navani's uh, referencing, I can't give them credit for here, one I'll, of these things it. saying that it's a wave. Uh, what was light? Not just storm light, but all light. Some of the ancient scholars claimed you could measure it. They said it had a weight to it. Just weight is Particle. italicized. Others disagreed, saying instead that it was the force by which light could measure. Also particle. Also mass, force. I mean, my, my, when I read it, my interpretation <laughs> was it, our understanding, which is like some people think and it's I a think, wave. Other I people think, think it's kind of like photon. What, I don't know. It feels like they were trying to get at that. And by they, I guess I mean Brandon. It feels like Brandon was trying to get at that, but didn't quite cross the finish line on it, in my opinion. But that's whatever. But the the, the italicized words are weight and force, and weight and force are the same. Here's, here's a problem with sci-fi writers, is that many of them are not themselves scientists. So <laughs> Brandon's usually pretty good about it, except when it comes to metallurgy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, good. That's my rant for... That's my first rant for the week. I don't think I have more. I don't remember. Let's read I'm on. willing to bet that you have at least one more, Dave. <laughs> Raboniel is still on about mayonnaise light. Antimatter, anti-light. Are storm light and void light really such opposites? I don't remember an explosion. The kids can call you Reiju. Do you actually not remember an explosion? No, I don't. <laughs> is there right? some explosion that, like, Nivani's workers... Remember, they... they're like, send, send Rushu in first. She'll be fine. It was right before the tower got attacked, so you could be excused for forgetting it in the aftermath. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember. As long as it's not an explosion of acid, I think Rishu will be fine. I mean, theoretically, there's like different types of investiture that could explode that could damage her, but nah, if it's not acid, she's fine. Yeah, we also Side meet Rebonial's daughter in this episode. Do we really have any question at all that Rushu is not a Chandra? Like, is there, is, does anyone doubt this? Uh, I think amongst the four of us, we have all agreed. We're uh, going to look real dumb of... if we're dead, if we're wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Why else is before. she bald? <laughs> what, what other possible exclamation, expl, ex, expedi, expediation could there be that she's bald? Um, but yeah, Out, of outside of us, right I don't know. I don't know what the, what the ratio of Rushu is a Chandra to Rushu is not a Chandra exists. Uh, hey, but... I've never known her not to be one. Yeah, see, hey, Dave's got it. Uh, if anyone who listens to us wants to post in our Discord and is like, hey, I don't believe Roosh is Contra. We talked been... about Discord already. You missed it. Yeah, we already did the well, plug, Craig. <laughs> am I not allowed to re-plug the plug? <laughs> not That's five little... minutes after we just did a plug, no. It's too much plug. Yeah, it's a little pushy. Well, well, well people can uh, post about because I'm curious if there's anyone. All right. And also post if you remember an explosion. <laughs> 
Uh, any questions about chapter 65? Uh, we didn't actually recap it. You just did your bullet points. Craig, Craig, I mean, it's that, your time to shine. That's pretty... Uh, it, would you say I'm shining the light on this topic? That's kind of a weak pun. We can do better. I'm not good at this. I'm Maybe we can... Remember. Something about particles. Particle man. <laughs> Wait, I want to know where Mike's go with this. I don't know. I can't land it, but particles yeah, exactly. needs to be... Need, like, particles, particulars... That needs to be part of the pun, and I, I just I can't put it together. Well, this chapter is particle of particle three of the book. Don't force it, Mike, but maybe give your words a little bit more weight. Eh, I'll All allow right. it. I'll allow it so we can move on. But you're on you're on notice, sir. <laughs> well, at least I'm the one coming up with Refer something. Refer to the I'll dad jokes channel. <laughs> oh, another Discord we, we plug. Huh? Ban, we have to ban. We have to get a punch Craig's dad card. I think. Yeah, if Three I get 10, then I, then I get a free uh, pretzel or something. All right, quick check-in. Who read this week? I, I read did. this chapter. I also read this I chapter. It. I knew it. I knew Craig got ahead last week, and that, that only <laughs> meant that he was partly into this week's chapters. I can't help it. I was reading this other interesting thing, which I don't know if it's a good thing yet. So You need to go back to working in an office so you can listen to audiobooks while you drive. All right, let me recap this. All right, so Navani is doing some experiments with the various forms of light and regular light as well. And fiddly grack. And she does say fiddly grack. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> I thought she did. She says fiddly grack. She writes fiddly grack. How do you pronounce that? Fig the, the way grack. Dave just did three times in a row. <laughs> I can't say that. My mouth doesn't bend in that oh, way. Wait, anyway. Does, does that mean I summon Figgledy Grack and he can uh, he can exercise the humans out of my house? <laughs> All right. So Craig isn't Philadelphian enough to pronounce that, apparently. Whoa. Whoa. No, no, no. Well, if Dave can do it, Craig should be able to do it. Dave's so what, just I'm a literati. I'm a, I'm a regular literati, though. Where, where Dave actually I sounds like people from Philadelphia that I've heard of, and Craig does not. Really? I, I lived in Philadelphia longer than Craig did. By like, I mean, that might not be true, because he's older than I am. I, I think I figured out that I lived in Philly for over half my life. Um, I believe it's it's Philly itself. I moved away in 2007. Yeah, about 20-ish years. So half my life, but not the recent half, the, the former half. So Figgledy Grack is just a nonsense word that Navani made up to make Rabonial think that she's sending secret messages, but she's just using it now so that later on when she really does want to send secret messages, it won't be as obvious. Yeah, so I'm on the fence if this is like a good if use what is. of what, what Navani's doing. So of what of what of what she's doing. Her whole plan is that she is encrypting <laughs> like, her letters. And, but how is and she encrypting her letters? Like, give me an example of a word that she used. She, she's making a nonsense word that like what? doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, what would be an example of such a word? Um, like, uh... Wizzle wazzle? Blunder, blunder <laughs> bus. Blunder bus nope. is a real word. <laughs> nope, that one's, yeah, that one's Not a real word. actually a word. What are you talking Not about? for them. Uh... So I think this is a different nonsense word that Wit uses back in Way of Kings when he first introduced us to the concept of a dicey and Iamian. But it's very similar. But, yeah. Uh... So, so yeah, her whole thing is that she she's leaving these nonsense words. Uh, and it's part of me is like, okay, that's sort of clever because they're going to waste resources and time to decrypt it. But on the other end, I'm, ba- I'm thinking you're basically giving them keys to what you're 
encryption actually is. Like this way, you can decrypt. There it is no encryption. To. This is just a random word she made up that has absolutely no meaning or encryption. But it's still hidden within her text, so you have to is deduce. It? I thought the hiding yeah. was the fact that she said figgledy grack. Well, yeah, it, it, it that's that's the ultimate what is what she finds, but. So I'm like, if they can figure it out, then it's like basically confirmation that they know how to. I didn't know, realize there the was a cipher involved. Nonsense. There, there's word. something. There, there's something. Some way that she's hiding the word in. Um, Is it? Uh, well, I missed that point then. Something, something like you know, every fifth word means something. I don't know. There's a way to decrypt it, and and she purposely did it rather than doing nothing. So I'm like, is it better to just do absolutely nothing? And then when the time comes, then insert your secret message in. So that way it's basically a one-off sort of thing. Uh, in which case, if time has passed long enough, uh, the people who are reviewing your information have become complacent enough that they'd be like, okay, uh, I'm tired of looking. Clearly there's nothing here and moving on. Uh, but in her way, they can always decrypt it and figure out what the nonsense word is. But the same thing could happen where they're just tired of it. Like, she's she's just hiding nonsense. This doesn't go anywhere. And maybe the same thing happens. So a part of me is like, this is clever. Another part of me is like, eh, maybe this is not worth it. Or So I don't know. I don't know how I feel There may that. also be more complex encryptions that she's... Maybe. So anyway, are, are these established encryption methods that like I, her people do, know? I imagine her people know, but I don't... They don't mention anything at all about what used her. Because if they're not, then this is nothing. There has to be a way based on war. I mean, Alethi are very uh, a warlike culture, and I'm sure they have special ciphers or something that they use to encode messages, and this must be one of them. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so she's studying light, and she's putting various different things that give off light uh, within a box and making the light go through a prism. Yeah, uh, tell so that me. way she could see the wavelength. Tell me more about the light mayonnaise, because it's just eggs and oil, or at least it should be. How do you make that light? No, 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 no. It's not light mayonnaise. It's mayonnaise light. Well, it's still eggs and oil, Dave. Well, if eggs is storm light and is void light, sure. No, you gotta mix egg light and oil light to get mayonnaise light. But where's the emulsifier? So, she's putting these different forms of light, and she does have something that gives off tower light, and she's able to break it off and see that there's a heavy blue and a heavy green line that's a component of it. But she can't put it back together. Um, whereas with the other lights, for example, storm light, you could just see the blue wavelength, and then you can also feed it through another prism and get it to return to its light. There's another um, point where when she passes the void light through the prism, violet band is mm -hmm. almost the entire rainbow. Yeah, it's very violet. Um, violet. Then th there's a discussion that she has with uh, Rabonial about anti-light that could work similar to antimatter, as in antimatter, which annihilates matter when it comes into contact with it. Uh, anti-light could potentially do the same thing to light. Whereas they say matter with negative axes like that. Right, because axes, they're atoms. Um, and then we talked about the explosion already, and I have no idea what Reiju is. The kids can call you so, Reiju. So Gavilar <laughs> had a weird sphere that eventually Zeth And he just kept showing it. it to everyone. Like, you could not visit that dude, and he didn't, like, whip out his <laughs> weird sphere. He eventually gave it to Navani, and Navani gave it to her scholars to say, hey, take a look and see what you can figure out from this. And then there was an explosion in some later chapter, and they all went, and it was just destruction. Kablamo. Oh, I yeah. need to cast Gavilar as, uh, or 
Yeah, I need to cast Gavilar as former president Lyndon Johnson to make that joke work. <laughs> okay. All, all for a joke. Anyway, that's all I got. Chapter 66. Bearer of Agony. Schrodinger's Napkin. Fireside Chats with Taravangian. Life before death. You know, let some people live before everyone dies. Taravangian misses the old Dalinar. Oh, emoji. Would Taravangian be happy to be wrong? Dalinar thinks he needs to align his methods with his goals. You have permission to kill Taravangian. There is always another Taravangian plot stuff sometime. Quoth Kelsieth. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Tori listened to this chapter, I think. I did, Because I yep. know she was on the flashback chapter. Yes. Yeah, I got through this chapter. Okay. So uh, Dalinar... Uh, goes to talk to Taravangian. Taravangian is in this, like, repurposed uh, building that was, like, a townhouse, but they've turned it into his prison because they didn't really have a prison because usually uh, in war situations like this, if somebody is important enough that they would go to prison, they just get discharged and sent home. And if they're not, then they get executed for whatever they did. So they uh, had to, like, brick up the windows of this building to turn it into a prison cell. So Taravangian's in there, and uh, Dalinar goes to visit, and um, Taravangian, like... um, tells Dalinar about his trip to uh, the old magic and uh, how he was blessed with that moment of brilliance and he found the way to save uh, some people and it was just like too much to save everybody but he was able to save Carbroth so that's what he did and he's like oh Dalinar you would have done the same thing and Dalinar tries to be like no I wouldn't I would try to save everybody and Taravangian's like oh like you saved that city that you set fire to and it, it's like uh, and Dalinar's like that was a low blow and Taravangian's like yeah okay it, it really was and um anyway uh, Taravangian's like low blows are my are my deal bro <coughs> um so they talk about uh oaths and how it's like impossible to be a moral person because you have to break your oaths and Dalinar's like no you can keep your oaths you really can and um Anyway, so Zeph is in the room with them because he is Dalinar's uh, honor guard slash bodyguard at the time, and he's but he's in disguise. So, um, but there's a moment where uh, Taravangian looks at Zeph kind of funny, and Dalinar's oh, like he knows, dang it, uh, the ruse is <laughs> up. Um, but they they don't actually talk about it, and the yig is up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they don't talk about it, um, because they're playing that kind of 3D chess thing. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, they talk circles around the issue, and, uh, then when they, uh, when Dalinar and Zeth leave, Zeth is all like, yeah, he's only acting like he's defeated, he, you shouldn't trust him, that, because he probably has some other plot in his pocket, and Dalinar's like, so noted, and, um. That's all I remember. See, Taravangian's subtle, but I don't see him as being downright, or not, I don't see him as being a liar. He's dishonest in, like, a conniving subtle, but not, he wouldn't just tell a flat-out untruth to your face, I, I feel like. I mean, if he thought that was what he needed to do to get what he wanted, I bet he would. Hold up. No, we've seen plenty of examples where Taravangian is talking to 
But he's such a nice Galamart. old man. He helps so many people in his hospitals, and he yeah, shares like his knowledge that. in the in the library with the world. He frequently hides information from other characters. He explicitly like doesn't answer. <laughs> he explicitly doesn't answer or respond to certain questions like or, Stormfather or things that are <laughs> happening. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he flat out lied to Dalinar way back in the beginning when he first joined the Coalition of Monarch. Um, but I can't, like, recall off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he has said a flat-out lie. But every now and then, when he's having a conversation, yeah, he's definitely revealing what his inner thoughts are about being a monarch and what he needs to do. And I, I think Downar has misconstrued that, or ignored it. I should say he ignored it, because um, the information was right there. But I'm pretty sure Teravangian has lied before. He's got I guess, Plus, I, all right, I don't think that he would do it unnecessarily. No, it's it's all part of 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 how he acts so that he can present a certain you know view to people. All right, Dave's question: Would Teravangian be happy? Would Teravangian, I can pronounce, it, be happy to be wrong? I think no. Uh, I think he's got a singular focus on making sure humanity survives this desolation, but equally tied into that is making sure that he's at least partially responsible for that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that Dalinar um, mentions is that, you know, when you had your moment of brilliance, you could have taken that knowledge that you gained to all of the other world leaders and like we could have formed a coalition and we all could have worked together and Teravangian's like, oh, get out of here with that nonsense. You know, that wouldn't have worked. And Dalinar's like, no, I don't know that. And they argue for a while, but like... Um, it wouldn't have worked at the time. So the... Well, but... Uh, but he wrote it all down somewhere. Maybe he could wait until an opportunity. Yeah. But he didn't really see the coalition coming either, or Dalinar's standing up to Odium. But like he legit just thought Dalinar was going to be another piece true. in Odium's army. So, but but Absolutely. that's what Dalinar um, Dalinar was saying like, was that Teravangian so wanted smart, to you be. Would have, you would have known that I was secretly starting the process of maybe considering becoming a kind of good person. Right, that was kind of a stretch, yeah. But uh, (laughs) what Dalinar was saying was that uh, Taravangian's motives were that he wanted to be the savior. Like, uh, that's why he didn't reach out to other people. It's like, okay, sure, maybe not younger Dalinar, but he could have surely reached out to somebody uh, but no he won he he had to be the the emperor and save everybody else so that's interesting if you think about it because what was Tyravangian's wish when he went to Nightwatcher slash the capacity to save mankind right but for who to have the capacity to save mankind for him he 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 asked to have the capacity hmm um, I, he didn't I was ask for say, mankind to be saved. He asked for for him to have him the capacity. To have the ability. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. interesting. So his vision happened what like six ish years ago. It was very shortly after he actually went to cultivation in that first place. Um, and his vision essentially was him looking into the spiritual realm, um, same way that someone would use ATM or something like that, except long term. So it was very similar to how a shard looks into the future. Um, they can peer into shards it. As we've seen, shards, shard holders, absolutely. That's how they, they look into the spiritual realm and they're able to get like a rough roadmap. Um, some shards are better than others, as we have seen. Of course... Preservation is better than ruin. Hang on. <laughs> of have, course. have we not had this discussion with Dave? Has this uh, been an exclusive to spoiler time? 
I thought we had. I don't, I don't remember. I, you also don't okay. remember the explosion that you very clearly have to have read to I, have got to this chapter. There was a lot going so. on. I, I, that was a, it was a confusing time in my life. Well, oh, you know, I, I bring it up the, just because... The fuse were attacking my home. <laughs> and, you know, my radiant power suddenly stopped working. And all my friends passed out. And then I passed out. All right. So, yeah. So, that that's what shard holders are doing. They're looking into the spiritual realm. But... As we've seen with Renarn, for example, having future sight of some sort sort of creates a an unknown. Um, well, two people having future sight peering into ag- the future each about other. each other, yeah, it creates an unknown spot, kind of like uh, burning ATM versus ATM or Electrum versus ATM. Correct. You no longer so, see the future because so when, it becomes an unknown. When Teravangian peered into the future. It was sort of based on... So, spiritual realm itself doesn't have time. Uh, time doesn't make sense, anyway, in, in that realm. Um, it's sort of like an all and everything. But Teravangian, given that he's... And I think this is true for anyone who happens to have future sight. They're anchored in the physical slash cognitive realm. So, they basically... They themselves have a basis, uh, a location in time, that would be relevant to them and their various connections. Uh, to so it's like so, that's so Raven. You can see into the future, but you don't know the context that's going to happen. And then hilarity. And- exactly. Dave ah, so so Teravangian peered into the future, and it was based on essentially the knowledge that he had at that given time. And six just years ago, that was when. Um, I, does anyone know? Did did Teravangian? Well, we don't know when his smart day was, but let's just say for the sake of example, this was after. Dalinar went and visited Cultivation as well, so he didn't have the memories of Rift and what happened. So given the information that they that they had at the time, Dalinar was very much a liability. As we saw up into Oathbringer, um, it was just assumed that Odium would have made Dalinar his champion because he would have broken down from his memories and it, it just would have been all over for him. He would have been overwhelmed and he would give his pain away to Odium. And um, Thrill Addiction. Don't forget Thrill Addiction. And through thrill addiction. Now, uh, that yeah, did not happen. Any kind of addiction can definitely unmake. Because of what Cultivation did. But there was no way for Teravangian to know that. Cultivation went her own future site, I imagine, to set things up properly. Um, and I, I think it's a given that Terra, uh, that Cultivation is much better than Odium at future site. All right. Craig so, just no-sold Dave's very good pun, but I want to highlight it. <laughs> then turn up the volume and edit <laughs> chamber. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over a pie. I missed it. That was my bad. Um, That's two punches in one day. You're eight punches from a free pretzel, Craig. So, uh, right. So, basically what I'm getting at is Teravangian was wrong. That his future sight clearly was wrong. Like, they, everything that he, he was assuming, like, every time he talked about how Dalinar was a liability to the Coalition, it's because it assumed that he would go and be Odium's champion. And that's not what happened. So, he's already been proven wrong. It has already happened. Now, I remember that Renarin had also predicted that Dalinar would succumb to Odium. And kind of like the gray area of Future Sight is is surrounding Renarin. So was it Renarin's connection to Dalinar itself that made Renarin himself wrong? Um, So we've we've talked about this. Anyone who has connection to Renarin... And interacts with him or or is with him in some way is part of that black spot on the diagram and Indium site. 
Sure, but what about the fact that Renarin himself failed to predict what Yasna would do, what Talonar would? Yeah, I think that was proof that that they you, can be you, wrong so with the future site. Renarin kind of can't either blinds or uh, alters future site even for himself. Okay, Whoa. we talked about this in spoiler time. Uh, I think what we ended up on, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, is that after Renarin had his visions, he spent more time with Yasna to to try to counter his own vision of Yasna killing him, but he also didn't think he could be wrong. So, so it's like it's, a self-unfulfilling prophecy? Well, okay, so if you can see the future, you can definitely change the future. That's well established via ATM, right? Okay. We have We that. knew that, yes. Um, so what Renarin was unwittingly doing was, well, Yasna's going to kill me. Uh, I should I should just try to hang out with her with the time I have remaining because I like Yasna and I'm going to die. So spend time with people I like. And it ended up, I guess, changing her mind about giving him and his corrupted spren the benefit of the doubt. Well, well part of it is that I thought... I forget, because I remember this discussion again. Did Yasna see the visions as she was about to potentially kill Renarin? Like, did she actually see a vision of her doing that in that stained glass view that he has? I or was that only was know. that only Renarin who could see it? I think we discussed this and we didn't settle on anything in particular. I think you, you took that tactic and I took the... The, he had a vision that Yasna was going to kill him, so he's like, I'm just going to hang out with Yasna now. But, anyway... Yeah. As they found out, they can change the future, and that was part of what needed to be revealed. And so, yeah, the, part of the point of having future sight is that you can d- then do things to change the future. Is this Dune? Uh, no, Did Dune actually goes before? entirely the other direction. If you can see the future, you're doomed to follow it. Have you read Dune? I have read Dune, and I thought I remembered that Paul, when he smokes the spice or whatever, he can see like multiple paths ahead of him. And they all lead to the end of humanity, except this one path. So he's forced down the one path. He sees multiple futures and chooses the best one. Did he you go see one future in this? I've only read the first book like okay. ten years ago. Uh, the fourth book kind of gets into this. Is now a Dune podcast? Apparently, <laughs> um, I, nah, don't spoil it. I I do have the okay. Books in. Uh, the the fourth book more than any of the others really digs into that more it's been a long time since i've read them but i think i remember enough to know what i'm talking about here yeah the first book centered more around politics than anything else as i recall i mean they all do but what are you gonna do yeah uh, i mean ender's shadow series oh. it also revolves around politics and war politics like, and war ultimately uh he was just writing a critique of the oil is that why they're in a desert <laughs> like the oil industry yeah <laughs> Uh, also with some, like, homegrown environmentalism built in there, uh, because Frank Herbert was actually into that on, like, on, like, his own personal land. On Reddit. Yeah, Uh, on Reddit. Anyway, uh, we're talking about, what are we talking about? Wheel of Time? Yeah, Wheel of Time. Chapter 67. So Wheel of Time took a lot of inspiration from the Dune books of, like, prophecy basically being unyielding and, yeah, at, at... at various points, the main character Rand like used prophecies about himself to kind of plan his day. Should read that. All right, uh, did we finish? So yeah, Taravangian. Can we trust him? Nah. But would he be happy to be wrong? Y'all are arguing no. 
Dalinar says no. And Tyrevangian says, yes, I would. And then Dalinar is like, I'm going to keep you alive long enough to prove you wrong and see if your words are... And Zeth is like, hey, we should kill that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing Zeth is good at. Although he did fail to kill Dalinar. He also failed to kill Kaladin. If Kaladin wasn't a target, was he in the way? And he he was successfully in the way, yeah. yeah. All right. That's the end of chapter 66. Any question? Chapter 67. That can't be my mom. Her hair is too short. I'm noticing a recurring theme of people needing to take responsibility for their actions and the fact that Odium doesn't want people to do that. Reminds me of that story Wit told of the people whose god was dead in a tower. Or I don't think that's it's... related. <laughs> no, he just tells stories for the fun of it. Yeah. It's shaken odium control and timber help. Wait, is Venli the emulsifier? If Sazed had a secret meeting, he'd post secret spreads to guard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hello, says the sibling. Or wait, is this a sibling? What is Venli again? Will Shapar? What surges is that? Not adhesion. <laughs> the one that sounds like adhesion. Is it the one that stone wardens have? I looked it up. It's cohesion. And the other one is transportation, in case you forgot. See list at the bottom. So, all right. I know, uh, just in case our listeners at home forget that we talk about this about once a month, uh, there are <laughs> 10, ten uh, radiant orders, and I remembered them all, and I wrote them all down. Will Shaper, as Venley is. Bondsmith which Dalinar is, Windrunner, that's the thing Kaladin is, Edge Dancer, we have Lift, Elsecaller, Yasna, Lightweaver, Shallan, Truth Watcher, Stump, Stone Warden, some person on the Shadesmar team whose name I forgot, Skybreaker, Nail, and Thing Forgetter, Dave. All right, I broke my oath. It's actually Dustbringer, which is what I think Malata was her name is. Yeah, Malata. Okay, Okay. I have some problems with your order there. Just because I didn't put them in any sequence. That's just the order in which I remembered them. Okay. We should fix that at some point. Alright, not today. We're already <laughs> like three hours into this recording. Uh what are we doing? Song of Storms? Alright. Um but surges. So I don't think it's the sibling talking, but the stones themselves that are talking to Venley. And Venley starts hatching and escaping. So this chapter has Venley and she sees another singer and she's like is are you my mom? She's like the like the little chicken from the story that's like, Are you my mom? And then no, it can't be her mom because her hair's too short. How could anyone possibly change the length of their hair? Definitely not Yaxla. Uh so the thing about taking responsibility and stuff, I guess it came up in this chapter. I don't know, but it's a recurring theme in the book. Oh, it's because Venley didn't like personally kill people, but she did bring on the new forms that led to a lot of destruction. And so she she's taking on the responsibility of like, yeah, this is kind of my fault. There's you know. there's a direct line from Venley's choices to the near extinction of her people. Yeah. And several of the steps Venley didn't actually take herself, but there's still a direct line from A to B there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she wanted to follow Odium, then Odium could just take the responsibility for everything. Yeah. And then she could be just as cool as Vire. Mm-hmm. So, so Venley, Venley has a gem heart that can store void light, and then also, like she, as she's a radiant, she can breathe in stormlight that fills her body 
I think not the void heart, but the rest of her body holds the stormlight. Correct. And her gem heart holds the void light. So she can hold void light and stormlight at the same time. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to emulsify. So I there's still oil yeah. and water. Right. It's like. I don't know that she can do anything with the void light at this point because she can translate. I don't know that that uses the void light though. Does it? She has to use the void light in order to get around because she can't use stormlight currently towers protection or defenses. Oh, maybe it's the form that gives her the power of uh, the translation and not the void itself. But I I thought that, well, she's got a void spren trapped in her gem heart, which gives her the form. Which then gives her the you know the the reading of intent, which so is not how, I, how I've decided void light. to. She has void light, but she also has void sprint and light sprint. Hmm. Anyways, she talks to the bricks like she's freaking the girl from emperors. Uh. Yeah. So her power is cohesion. It lets her pick pick rocks out of the wall and like change their malleability and their shape. I mean, she's a will shaper. So it's not only is her name Will, but she also shapes them. And the bricks Perfect. actually refer to her as Shaper. There you go. And if she ever met someone else named Will, she could shape them. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? And she also has the power of transportation. That's how she's able to peek in the Shades Mar, I believe, to see if Void Sprinter nearby. Only they can't hide in the tower, so maybe she doesn't know that or doesn't believe it. Well, she finds that out later on, doesn't she? I thought she found that out already. Yeah. Like, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I meant in a later chapter, but yes. The sibling reminds Yasna of this fact in the next chapter, or the final chapter. Do you mean Navani? Eh? Because Yasna is elsewhere. Yasna? She's, not, she's nowhere here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what makes her an else caller. <laughs> <laughs> she got called elsewhere. <laughs> All right, but, it, um, but at least Yasna is in Navani. this section instead of not being in this section like Shalon and Adolin and all of their people. Yeah, what a tease, man. They're like, oh, we're here at Lasting Integrity. It's like the final showdown of Adolin trying to convince the the honor spren to join their cause. See it? See it in six months. Dave, no, they're the (laughs) B-plot. We only get to see them between commercial breaks. Adolin is the B-plot? Yes, I'm sorry. I guess Venley's the A plot and the Die Hard is the A plot and Shades Mars is the B. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, Danny Glover. The limo is the B plot. It's still not ever any of the names that you've said. Oh man, Donald Glover. Still not. Donald. He, he would have been like three years old when that movie was made. <laughs> the limo driver from uh, Die Hard. It's like the scenes of the limo driver from Die Hard being in the limo. Like, between the action scenes. (laughs) The character's name is Argyle. I don't know the actor. But it's not any of the people that you've mentioned. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't think the sibling is in this chapter. Other than the fact that they're, like, all around every character that's seeing. So the actor who plays Argyle is Deborah White. Huh. Who am I thinking of? Donald Glover. Or Danny Glover. Donald Glover. One of them's from Community, I think. Donald Glover is from Community. He's also Childish Gambino. He was in a, Wait, from the a Spider-Man. All right. uh, no, no, no. That's the great that, Bambi. <laughs> that wimpy deer? All right. Is there anything else to talk about Chapter 67? This is uh, basically it's Venley practicing her radiant powers. Well, she has to do secret stuff sometimes. So, so far we had Navani practicing light. And then we had Dalinar practicing interrogating Teravangian. And now we had Fenley practicing her powers. We had Dalinar practicing talking to a person. 
that he has complete <laughs> control over. I mean, and he it still isn't, it isn't really a sport. You have to. He does have to practice this. He does. Yeah. No. He talked to a person that he has complete control over and still completely lost control of the conversation. He needs a lot of practice. He needs so much practice, and he didn't put any in in the year that we didn't watch him. <laughs> All right. Chapter sixty-eight. One family, two sisters, foreshadowing, eight years ago, 16 alimantic medals, 32 teeth, Nintendo 64. <laughs> it's Ovi's Nintendo 64. <laughs> All right. What form was Esh and I before work form? And they go into that, uh, that kids don't have work. Kids don't need a form because they're so special until they hit puberty. Then they need a form where they become stupid forever. Oops, the spren went to Eshenai instead of Yaxlim. Eshenai's rhythms are interrupted by the THX surround sound intro. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not going to edit that in. I, know, I mean, it's probably copyrighted. But <laughs> I know you're telling me that you'd like me to edit that in by, by mentioning I, it. I'm not going to edit that I in. I don't expect you to edit it in because I'm pretty sure it's copyrighted, but... Oh, man, you should. <laughs> All right, so maybe you might not be familiar with the brand, but you know how, like, you go to the movie theater and they're, like, you have the surround sound, like, little logo before the movie starts, and it goes, like, <laughs> like that thing? That's basically what's happening to Esh and I as she takes on Warform. Like, she hears all these rhythms, and then it just comes out to, like, this one really long crescendo of a single note like that. Just imagine. Imagine it's the thing that... All right. There you go. You don't have to <laughs> edit anything, Mike. It's perfect. If Esh and I thinks a muscular figure couldn't look silly, then she's never seen the dog from Undertale or a high school athlete. The new Warforms are excited like new recruits that just got a hold of their rifles. Was there a scene in Aliens where, like, they got all their guns and they just started shooting around? Like, this is fun. Where did I make that up? There's a scene in Predator where they all get spooked and just launch a billion bullets into the jungle in the wrong direction. There was a scene in Aliens where they were specifically told not to shoot their guns and they fired around. (laughs) Aliens. No, that was Uh, Aliens. And I don't think they were told not to shoot their guns there yet. I think ripley like explained to the lieutenant why they shouldn't and then he was like hey now that you've already fired a few dozen times each you should stop doing it, please hmm. we should have a discussion about this sometime in the past we already did a plug no <laughs> stop it all right i guess you could say that there is a thrill to having the new war form sheriffel Next scene. I like the idea of all the Spren gathering together to watch the fight. This is kind of... Do you guys ever play Paper Mario? You know how, like, all the, like, little characters get in the audience to watch Mario fight? Um, maybe it's only a thousand-year door. But they're, like... Mar- like, all the battles take place on, like, a stage in a theater. And, like, there's just audience members. And de- depending on what fight it is, it could be different characters. And sometimes it's, like, all the, like, Goombas and Koopas or Toads watching and, like... That's how I imagine, like, all the sprint get together and just watch this. And then, like, when when something, like, exciting happens and the excitement sprint and all, like, oh, yeah! If something sad happens, then all the sad sprint, like, start crying. If, like, really brave happens, all the glory spin like, all pop off. Like, that's how I, I imagine them actually, like, all sitting in a theater and, like, watching this like it's a movie. Oh, didn't they do that with uh, the newest Paper Mario, Origami King? They might have done it with all of them. I'm just I'm struggling to remember if it was a thing in the first one. But like it was more of a it was more uh utilized in 
Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door because you could actually appeal to the crowd to get like star power and like you could do flips and stuff to impress them more and, and get more star power. I don't remember if there's a thing in the Yeah, Sheriff. Okay, Dr. Living Songs, I presume? See, listeners in Alethi aren't so different after all. Alright, so the you know, time. So first, Eshenai goes out into the storm. She has what we later find out to be a pain sprint trapped in a box because she's trying to get her mom to adopt this form and hoping that adopting the new form will help her combat her Alzheimer's or similar uh, mental deterioration that's happening. Uh, and then, you know, it's not enough just to go out there and carry the sprint. You also have to attune a rhythm or concentrate on like a thing that will attract the spren to you while it's there and you know she's like mom stop talking about sex i need you to think about bravery so that you can take on this war form and then she's like ah venley thinks she's so great she thinks i'm irresponsible i'll show her and then she gets all like tough and brave and like holding up this uh this wooden shield to as an umbrella in the high storm and she's all like determined even and then oops the uh pain spread went into eshenai instead and now eshenai's war and uh, she and a handful of others i think there's 16 total that take on the war form and even like as she comes to and she stands up standing up she like almost jumps when she stands up because her legs are a lot stronger than she realizes and everyone's like yeah war form's awesome let's go kill some people and then as it turns out one of the listener tactics is to attack other families right after a storm like a storm happens you rally your people really fast and then you go attack a neighboring city and then the you know the call to arms horn starts blaring and they're like yeah let's go kill these people and then venley says to esh and i like hey before you go kill those people, go get our shards. And she goes to the shard bear and she's like, no, I don't want to kill people, but it would be really cool if we had a bunch of warform go out into the battlefield so with some with the shard bear as well. So uh, she gets the guy, Sheriffel, it's like kind of a kind of old dude, uh, but she gets him to put on the shard plate and grab the shard sword and go out to intimidate the people that are invading and then Esh and I's like, y'all better, y'all better unite, or we're gonna come kick your butts. Which sounds really familiar, like maybe you have been another main character that did stuff like that. And that's about it for chapter sixty-eight. I think I understand what you're referencing, Dave. The the first section of two thousand one, a space odyssey. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm afraid I can't remember that. Oh, it's the except I'm Dave. Yeah, you are Dave. But that was the third section with Dave. The first section was the like Dawn of Man one with the with the apes. Oh, uh, the one the one that they ripped off the Simpsons, yeah. Yeah. Where they have like the fetus and the bubble out in space. I'm pretty sure the Simpsons has done the entirety like every single shot <laughs> from two thousand one a Space Odyssey at various like you could just watch Simpsons clips. And get the entirety of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, most of them are from uh, from the one where Homer goes to the moon, or goes into space. Because the other one with, like, all the colors and stuff, like, coming through, like, I think that happens as Homer's taking off in the rocket. But, like, yeah, I know. Most I, of the I references get... to that movie are in that one episode, though. Uh, except that I, that I think they've made enough references to it that I think you could just, like, s- stitch them together and get shot for shot 2001 A Space Odyssey. Wait, where's, was there a thing with apes in 2001, or was that Planet of the Apes? Where, like, no, there's was, this big obelisk. 
That was 2001. Oh, really? Yeah. I just like thought that was Planet of the Apes. No, Planet the of the Apes or is the Planet. Uh, Planet of the okay. Apes is the the Lincoln Memorial or the or uh, if you want the real one, Statue it's the Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the thing with the big obelisk and the monkeys was 2001. Interesting. So yeah, I think yeah. that did happen. They definitely did that in The Simpsons. But my favorite take on that was the critic when the ape is like banging on the obelisk with like a bone, and then like a Pepsi comes out. Like it's a vending machine. <laughs> that's good. That's that's a slightly different message than 2001 was trying to send, but pretty close, actually. Yeah. But it's the exact message that the critic is trying to send, so... Okay. Are we done with chapter 68? Uh, yeah, let's do the one after chapter 68. I was talking about Dalinar, by the way, and, and the base, and going into the base, burning everyone, because they submit to unity. All right. Chapter 69. Pure tone, pure tones of Roshar. Not supposed to be hard to say. Pure tones of Roshar. Ghostbusters reference. The tone of Odium is an interloper. Navani can't get Lifelight to combine either. Don't worry, Navani. Edison didn't fail 1,000 times. It merely took 1,000 steps to invent the Stormlight Bolt. If each shard has a god metal, does that mean each shard has a god light? And there are combinations of each. And how many alimantic metals are there, really? Craig, Craig, now's your time. There's like eight base metals, and then there's all the alloys. Thank you. Eight more alloys (laughs) for 16, but each of those can be combined with a different god metal. Um, and there's 16 god metals. Can you can you combine two god metals together? No, that would be like combining two different types of of light. (gasps) There's no way. So maybe it's 16C16, which is one. Right. That's not right. Dave, quick question. What oh, are shard blades of, made oh, of? Oh, spren. Uh, sometimes living, sometimes dead. But those are shards shards of odium. Not shards. Those are splinters of odium. Not odium. The other guy. Honor. Honor. Are cultivation spren of honor or cultivation? Yes. Well, Lyft uses life light, but she's an odd case. So its sum is one goes to as n equals one to sixteen of sixteen choose n. I think is the answer of how many god metal alloys there are, and then you have to multiply that by nine. No, I'm sorry, by seventeen because you could just have a god metal like atium or an alloy of god metals, or you can have one of those combined with one of the sixteen base metals. So it's six seven. So it's seventeen times the sum as n goes from 1 to 16 of 16 to that's how many alimentic metals there are we finally figured it out guys hey so uh didn't we find out that we've never actually seen atium like real atium that's a word of brandon wait a minute we can use pascal's triangle to figure out sum of n goes from 1 to 16 right so the atm we've seen in the book is atm electro the sum of a row oh a sum of a row on pascal's triangle Two to the n, right? Or two to the two to the n minus. Hey, remind so me, Craig. Two to the sixteen minus two raised to the power of fifteen, and then we're multiplying by sixteen again. So it's like two to the seventeen. So it's somewhere, but somewhere around the tune of like a few hundred million. That's hey, how rem- many alimantic metals there are. Remind me, Craig. Uh, what was malatium made of? Um, was that like was that also atium electrum? Uh, no, that was that was gold and atium. And since atium gold. is actually atium and electrum, no, it's no, no, made no, no, of. No, no. <laughs> eh? It's gold oh. and gold and silver and atium. No, so that's what I was gonna say. I think 
So the problem is it's a word of Brandon. So he just said that he wants to replace the ATM that we see in the books with the ATM Electrum. However, I think Mal ATM is still just ATM in gold and not ATM gold, gold, silver. Like, I think it's just the ATM gold uh, alloy makes, you know, what we saw as Mal ATM. And ATM and Electrum make the ATM we see in the books. I don't know. There's a lot of problems with him word of Brandoning it. He has a reason for it, but uh, it, it makes certain things sloppy. So take it as you will. So Vin got her hands on a pure metal that no one on, on uh, definitely Roshar, but also oh, did no she one on Scadrial. No, she sent it out. So Vin had to have gotten her hands on pure ATM, a thing we've never seen. I, I, thought, I thought it was Kelsier that found Mal ATM. That was oh, the right, whole no, lot I'm, of metal. You're right. I'm thinking of, uh, of the other one. Duralumen. Yeah. That one so, makes sense. Cause, so, yeah. Yes, Kelsier got his hands on a pure metal that we've never seen before, except he didn't. Some other guy did that Kelsier killed. Hey guys, the 11th metal is actually relevant again. No, I don't want to read it again. We're playing an RPG? Mistborn secret secret history. Secret Mistborn secret history. You gotta do secret Man, secret cannot, stuff sometimes. Cannot wait for secret history too. It's gonna be amazing. I know that you can't. Alright, so... So there's like one or two hundred million. Wait. Okay. No. Let me I'm quote sorry. This. One or two hundred thousand. So two to the two to the seventeen would be like a hundred twenty thousand. Not a hundred twenty million. Hundred twenty thousand. So that's about how many alimantic metals there are. So so let me quote about ATM. ATM is now ATM Electrum. That's how it was used. ATM can be refined to extract. Ruins pure god metal, which can be used in hemallergy to steal any power, and when burned, alimony grants a more expansive vision of the future than ATM does. <coughs> that That is the according, that's the change that has been made. So Duralumin Dural, and ATM gives you pure ATM somehow? It acts that way. I don't think it, that's how you get it. That's fine, because Mel ATM is still just gold and ATM. Or rather, it's still just Electrum and ATM. Wait, what? Gold and ATM. So it's still just gold and ATM. It's just more percentage of gold than we thought. That's so fine. I think the reason he had to make that change is because God Metal should be used by anyone. When someone burns Lerasium, like, you don't even need to be able to burn it. That's how, you know, Ellen gets to be a misspoke. Lerasium. So pure ATM should be burnable by anybody. I don't have a problem. I I can accept that Lerasium just works differently because it's giving you the power of preservation. Yeah. So I, well, I think it's okay for Lerasium itself to grant the power of of uh, Alamancy. I don't yeah, think there's a are. need to. I don't think there's a need to specify that. Any, well, whatever. It's it's Brandon's world, not mine. So he can do what he wants. But I would I will still hold that there are about a hundred twenty thousand. Alimantic metals. What the heck? Brandon says that when if there's ever a movie version, he's going to make Sean Ellen's sister rather than his fiance. Is Vin still going to murder her in a brutal fashion? Yes. <laughs> well then, well then that just makes Zane complicated. Yep. That's not better. Well, unless we're cutting Zane, which is fine. Okay, I'm just going to post this. Let's mm -hmm. move on because this episode's getting along. But I will post this word of Brandon in our word of Brandon channel. I don't think that, I don't know. I think that Sean's position is more believable as an ex-fiance. 
Well, so the, the longer quote is, one of the screenplay revisions is this. Sean is no longer Ellen's fiance, but his sister. Their father has left on business to the outer dominance, and so Sean is making a play to secure the heirship. As an heir. Not okay. Heir with an H. <laughs> trying to prove she is more bold and strong than her brother. Inheritance, yes. That, I'm, okay. I'm just reading what, what Brandon wrote. Heirship. This is... Airship is a really clumsy word to use in a series <laughs> where you actually introduce airships <laughs> later, Brandon. <laughs> this is what gives the team an opening and why they're striking now with the heist, as in this version, House Venture maintains the city policing and has access to the ATM stash. Anyway, you can read the word of Brandon. Let's move on. I think we're done. Oh, did we oh no, we're not. Whole... Okay, we stopped to answer how many elementic metals there are, and then we started talking about triangles and triforces, how... Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, and they had a trailer on Nintendo Direct. Uh, gosh, stop. No more. Stop distracting us, D. Okay, so if each shard has a god medal, I, I guess each shard has a god light. And maybe each shard has some sort of representation. All magic systems, maybe? It's like there's... You would, interesting. Are there different god breaths? Are there different god silver ghosts? Are there different god... Aeons? Hmm. Different but the same. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, each each shard has its own investiture and can manifest as the magic system of any other shard in some way. I kind mean, we do have so, evidence that, like, Vasher uses Stormlight to replace breaths or to, you know, to maintain his... Instead of getting right. a weekly sacrifice or whatever, he's just... Using Stormlight, so... Right, and we also have the Ghost Bloods that are trying to use Spheres to transport Investiture off of Roshar. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Investiture is Investiture, but it's interesting that each shard can manifest its Investiture in each other's shard's magic. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, which led me to believe maybe this weird orb thingy that Gavilar had is some foreign light that's neither Void Light nor Life Light nor Stormlight. Like... Maybe it's trellis light. We know trellis likes leaving his mark around. Maybe it's autonomy light. I don't remember who trellis is. Is trellis, trellis. autonomy? Uh, trellis Tre- is like a wooden thing that you put up next to a vine to help it grow. No, not tree lace. Trellis. So it's almost like these different forms of investiture have a I'm sorry, trell. Have a different identity. It's trell. Or is it trellis? It, what identity? Ooh, I heard a word with then, a capital letter. Then it letter. would just be trellite. I like that. Trellite. Trellite. Okay. So it could be Trellite or who's, so who's Trell? That's the question, Dave. You have is to it tell autonomy? us. Is it We know autonomy's name. It's not autonomy, right? Uh, Bavadin is the shard holder of autonomy. Bavadin. It could be one of those shards that, uh... Oh, Dave, this search isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah, this doc is too long. So I have a 57-page long... A document of bullet points from this book, which we are maybe close to halfway through. <laughs> right about halfway, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I will have written a novel by the time I finish this novel. Um, so what I said, Dave, is I said it's like these investitures have a different identity tied to them. Right. So this orange sphere, I think it could be a light of another shard that's not one of the main three of this series. And you know, we know we know Trell's up to no good and leaving leaving spikes around. So it could be a Trell sphere. Could be Dug Light. Yeah, it could be uh, Bud Light. 
Hope not. All right. So yeah, that's my current theory that this orb contains light from some some kind of investiture that's manifesting as light, kind of like void light or light light life light or. And, and then, so then I also thought, okay, so tower light's a combination of two kinds of light, right? So that's why I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I guess you could combine different god metals, which is where we got to the 120,000. Um, because I'm assuming that every combination from 1 through 16 types of metal, but who knows, whatever. Uh, no, it's, more, it's 2 to the 15 times 2 to the 4th, so it's 2 to the 19, so it's half please, a million. Please don't do this again, Dave. Uh, I'll I'll write it up. Uh, I'll write up my findings, Discord, and Dave theories. So anyway, that's what the orb is, I think. So knowing the sibling's brother, it's perfectly reasonable for Navani to keep asking them for information, right? The sibling keeps getting annoyed. Like I already answered this. I I told you, stop using your investigationiness. And like I told you what I know. And I think in the back of Navani's mind, she's like. That's not how Stormfather works, and your siblings. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that there's another secret, you know. <laughs> uh, so Navani suggests that the sibling bond someone, and it's Dabid, just like I said it would be. No, it's Relaine, who's actually the first person that I said it would be, if I recall. Or maybe I said I think Lyrin was my first guess, and then Relaine. I think we had to egg you on a little bit to get you to realize Relaine was around. Timmy falls down a well in Market Square and finds a noodle. And that's the end of this week's chapter. I'm holding a cat. So a large part of this chapter is Navani trying to combine void light and stormlight. Uh, she crosses the streams, but then they just go around each other. They don't, you know, tire nuclear explosion or whatever and vanish, goes or the realm, whatever happened, Ghostbuster. Total protonic and reversal. Total protonic reversal. And then... She gets a package. It's lifelight. I guess they sucked it out of lift somehow. And that was her, you know, rebonial promise to, to provide her with it. And she, she kept true. So now Navani's like, oh, well, maybe maybe Voidlight and Stormlight are opposites. why they don't mix. Well, we already have the example of Towerlight. So we know that uh, Stormlight and Lifelight can mix. And she tries to mix them and she's unsuccessful. And she's like, yo, sibling. Where's tower light come from? And sibling's like, I already told you, I make tower light. It comes from me. Hey Google, Stop how to make me. mayonnaise? How <laughs> to make mayonnaise? <laughs> I like how much trying to get everyone's Google to Google how to make mayonnaise. <laughs> so uh, Navani is unsuccessful and can't make any mayonnaise, and you know she she goes to the sibling and she says to the hey, here's some ideas of how I can defend the noodles. Tell me where the noodles are. And the sibling does reveal to Navani where one of the two noodles are. And they say, oh, it's in it's in this well in the marketplace. And Navani's like, oh, down on the ground floor in the middle of the crowd. Although it's hidden among a bunch of Fabrials. So it you know it's kind of like a hidden in plain sight sort of deal. But also it's like mixed. It's actually kind of like Ender's Game. But let's not. All right, no distractions. We remember the part where like the the buggers learned to like hide the mothership among them so that it wouldn't be easy to find. Kind of like that. Yeah, Except the, they don't know that the noodle is actually in Market Street at all. Except they do. The enemy's noodle is down. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. Uh, so just as Nivani learns where the noodle is and 
She's gonna. She's like, all right, great. I'm gonna get Kaladin on it. We're gonna find a way to defend this thing. And then the sibling comes back. Oh, they just found the noodle. And that I'm dead. That's the end of this week's chapters. The sibling is so dramatic, you guys. Yeah, they really are. Here we go, having another spren not volunteering information till when it's required. All right, shall we boot Dave off so that Tori can go to bed? Oh, that sounds wonderful. Can we? <laughs> Tori's like, can yes. I go to bed? <laughs> I'm tired. Um, actually, real quick, do we want to do a spoiler time this week, or do we want to just hold off? Maybe Craig? for Tori's sake, we should hold yes, off. Yes, please. Okay, no, no chapter reading, no spoiler talkie. All right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Right. Bye, everybody. Good night, internet. Goodbye. Bye. I didn't need to leave. (laughs) This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.